We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. You know, they always tell you don't go in and rock the boat too much your first year, you know, and, and that, that was good advice. However, there were a lot of things that I noticed from my perspective stepping in that there were some things that needed to be be addressed immediately. You have to develop that trust with them right away. So in terms of someone like me stepping in and also saying, I'm not going to go make sweeping changes this year by any means, I actually in turn have to kind of do that right off the bat. It really is. It's, it's so reassuring to know that I can call and say, Hey, I need some advice here. Trust is certainly not gained simply by a title. It is gained by experience. It's gained by time. I had to show them um, and I had to prove to them a lot of what I was doing, in fact, was not because I wanted to, it was because I had to. Welcome to the Transformative Principle. I'm excited to have you today. Today we're interviewing Jeff Paul, who's a principal at Smith Elementary in Owasso, Oklahoma. This is a great interview. I'm really excited about it because he took over from a principal who had been there for 25 years. Since the school was built, Jeff has been the second only principal in that amount of time. So obviously there's a lot of challenges that come along with that, and it was great to hear Jeff's perspective on how he dealt with that, the negatives and the positives, and how he... Uh, has established a great school with the help of that previous principal laying the groundwork for 25 years. This is a two-part interview again. The first part, we're going to talk about the challenges and the positives with a taking over from a principal who's been there for 25 years. We're also going to talk about uh, his evaluation system for his teachers. So there's some interesting stuff in here. As always, I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Paperless Principal. There, I recently did a post on paperlessprincipal.com talking about how to set up a PBIS screen for you to see all the great things that kids are doing at your school and show those off. So go to paperlessprincipal.com, check out the blog for that information. You took over um, 
at your school. So uh, tell us a little bit about your school first. And then you um, took over after the previous principal had been there for 25 years. Is that right? That is correct. So the school I work at is a school uh, in Owasso, Oklahoma, with a population of about 530 students. And I indeed am replacing a principal who had been here originally since the school had opened. So everyone he had actually hired. So uh, it was it was a lot different me kind of, uh, uh, for several years. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a fun challenge, I should say, uh, stepping into his shoes. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, so you said there are five hundred and thirty students there, right? And that's correct. Do you guys do K five or K six? We are actually a pre K through five, okay. and this is the first year that we've had pre K at our site. It used to be. All the pre-Ks were at elementary site where they actually had room to have a pre-K center. Mm -hmm. However, their goal of the district was to spread the pre-Ks out in order to increase enrollment. So this is the first year we've actually had pre-K at our site. Wow. Um, so let's talk about the idea of taking over for someone after they've been there for 25 years and hired every single person at the school. Um, what were some of the uh, initial challenges that you faced when coming into a situation like that? Absolutely. Well, you know, first and foremost, you have to understand me coming in, I might be certified as a principal, maybe even had a little bit of experience prior to coming to the site. However, you're stepping into a school that was well-functioning, uh, was known for its test scores, and really, honestly, it was a well-oiled machine. Um, pretty much, it operated as status quo. Uh, one they took care of another and it just flowed fairly well uh, from what I gather stepping in. So it was also a little bit of an outsider challenge that I had to face. Again, these were people who had already built up loyalty with the principal because, again, he's the one who hired them. And a lot of the staff had been there for many, many years. In fact, a lot of them that he hired had even stayed there since he hired them. Wow. Um, so what did you experience when... Uh... I mean, obviously, there were changes that you wanted to make because you were taking over school. Um, what sort of challenges did you encounter when you were trying to make change at the school? Sure. Well, you know, they always tell you, don't go in and rock the boat too much your first year. You know, and, and that, that was good advice. However, there were a lot of things that I noticed from my perspective stepping in that there were some things that needed to be addressed immediately. Uh, one of those in particular had to deal with our lunch schedules and it was uh, one way in which they had been doing it for years and it was quite surprising in the way that it was working because to be from my vantage it was a disaster and it was definitely a safety issue for a lot of the students and it was something I had to rectify immediately. So in terms of someone like me stepping in and also saying I'm not going to go make sweeping changes this year by any means, I actually in turn had to kind of do that right off the bat. So that, in turn, there kind of led to a little bit of distrust, you know, and stepping as a new person, that's obviously a big issue that you have to deal with right away. Understandably so. Mm -hmm. And then it was just further compiled by the fact that I had to make this change with the lunch schedules. And there was a few other things, because keep in mind, I had met this staff earlier before the principal had left. I came to a faculty meeting uh, before school had let out the previous year to introduce myself. And I told the staff, I said, I understand that this school functions very well. Uh, it's known for its great test scores. I said, I'm not going to come in here and make a lot of changes. You, There's no need to read the wheel because the wheel's already moved. However, 
as you know, Common Core is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we were just now as a district really trying to move towards a Common Core direction. And in addition, we were also learning a brand new teacher evaluation program. Mm-hmm. So as me coming in, there was actually a few strikes against me. One, I was new. Two, I had to deal with a brand new teacher evaluation system. And three, there's a large sweeping curricular change that was happening. So I kind of was a little bit behind to start. And so people were a little wary. I'd say some of them, not all of them, but definitely some of the generation who was more loyal to the the existing principal, understandably so. But there was definitely a lot of challenges there. So making any change in particular definitely came with a little bit degree of, uh, I don't want to say conflict, I, I could say hesitation, questioning, mm-hmm. or definitely some of those issues that I had to overcome. Right. And it wasn't just that you had a new school as any principal would, right? But you also had these things coming down from the district and the state and the federal government saying, you know, we need to implement these new things in new ways. And um, and that must have been very difficult to, you know, say, I, I want you guys to trust me, but there are these things that are out of my control that I just, I can't do anything about, right? Uh, That's exactly right. And so, you know, again, that's why it's very incumbent upon me to make sure I got to know these teachers very quickly. Mm -hmm. I had to do those things uh, because again, you know, you have to, as you already know this, you have to develop that trust with them right away. Trust is certainly not gained simply by a title. It is gained by experience. It's gained by time. I had to show them um, and I had to prove to them a lot of what I was doing, in fact, was not because I wanted to. It was because I had to. Mm-hmm. So you had a, a handful of teachers who understood that, of course. And then you had some teachers who did not feel that way. I will say as a whole coming in, I was fortunate to some degree because I was actually able to hire some new teachers prior to the year starting. And I will tell you, as you know, that makes a huge difference when you can hire your own people. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, so... I, I was able to do that, and so I was very thankful for that opportunity. Not only that, it gave me a chance to bring in other grade-level teachers who are already here because I wanted them to sit on the interviews. That, in turn, helped to build that trust because mm-hmm. I knew they were going to have some input into the person that we were hiring for an existing position. So that was very helpful. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea to get the teachers' trust and buy-in by letting them sit in on the interviews as well. What are some other things you did to gain um to gain their trust? Well, a lot of what you do is you got to spend time with them. You got to be in their classrooms. You got to take that time to sit down and talk with them. So I would do my best each morning or just whenever I had a chance, either in planning period, just to go talk with them, get to know them and get to know who they are outside of school. Talk about their families, about their hobbies, their interests, and also let let them know I share that information with them as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was, that was something really important to me. And I also did something of a t- uh, favorites inventory, as I call it, which kind of gave me some insight in terms of their favorite drink, their favorite color, uh, favorite hobby, you know, favorite drink, any of any of those type of things. And so what I would try to do is once a month, I would highlight some individuals and try to get some of those things that they had listed as a, a contingent reward, you know, some type of affirmation to let them know that I cared about what they were doing. And I was realizing, you know, that they were still making a great impact in the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, those all sound like really great ideas. Um, the the favorites list I think is a is a very simple thing that um, seems 
to have a lot more power than uh, than we give it credit for. You know, I had yes. a, a teacher yes. a few weeks ago um, who uh, I know she likes Diet Coke and she was really needing it. And she texted me and a couple other teachers and said it was during an inside day, a very stressful day, you know, and she said, uh, I could sure go for a Diet Coke right now. And I was so excited to be able to go and, and take that to her because she was actually asking, this is something that I need. And then mm-hmm. since then, I found times to be able to um, to get help her in that tiny little way that is, you know, 50 cents from the soda machine. And it's it makes a huge difference in her day. And she, she said, I think I can get used to this uh, idea of you bringing me soda during the day to to help me out. And absolutely. And I said, that's fine with me. That's a great idea. You know, it's those little things that mean a lot. And those are those things you can't take for granted. And even just the simple verbal praise makes a big difference. In, yeah. You know, just walking into the room and just saying, wow, that that was a great mini lesson you did. Well, I can tell that your students really care about you. Mm-hmm. You care about your students. Just fantastic. You know, so sometimes, you know, those little praises, those, those can, you know, go a long way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about the positive side of coming in after a, a principal's been there for 25 years. Um, talk to me about what some of the things that you are really grateful that the principal was there for, that you had uh, um, his uh, previous support with, things that he set up that just made it a piece of cake, something that you wanted to continue. <coughs> for sure. Well, I'll tell you, he's a great guy. I still talk with him quite a bit. In fact, and he made himself very available to me. And I can't thank him enough for the support he's given me and the insight into uh, uh, some of the staff here and the way that the school has operated in the past and those things. He's never more than a phone call away. He's always been there for me from the beginning. And I've been greatly appreciative of that. And like I said, there wasn't a lot of things to change. It's a wonderful school and it has been operating for a long, long time to a very high level. So to be honest, I have you know, I haven't had to go in making sweeping changes or, or anything like that because it has run so well. And so he really did set up a great framework for the school. It was not a broken school like you might find in different locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was anything like that. A lot of it was set up for success, you know, getting the talking already with about our new teacher evaluation system, also talking about Common Core, getting those things going. And so, you know, he had a lot of those things already in place. So it was very beneficial to me to step in and say, okay, this is where I know where you were, and this is where I know where you are, and now here's where we're going to go. Yeah, that's that's really great. I, I hear uh, that there's always this uh, tension between a new principal and the previous principal of you know, the previous principal thinks, what are they going to change and take away from what I worked so hard to create? And the new principal is like, how in the world did this person make these decisions? This is crazy. And I'm not sensing that with you. And I think that's a real testament to your professionalism and to his as well, that it seems like you guys work together still. And that's awesome. It really is. It's it's so reassuring to know that I can call and say, hey, I need some advice here. You know, I, I have this parent or it might be, hey, you know what? I need some help. Do you know any anything that's been going on with so-and-so? And he can offer me some background on that. Or it might be, you know, anything else along those lines. It might be building related, maintenance related, anything like that. He's just, he's been, he's been wonderful, a wonderful asset. That's really great. And I'm sure having opened the school and having been there since uh, it opened, um, he probably has a great idea of every single nook and cranny in the school as well. Oh, that 
cut it out. I mean, he knows the school inside and out for sure. Yeah, I uh, I found some um, new access to the basement and different things at my school that I uh, I just find it fascinating that you know I've been here. This is my third year, and I'm still learning new yes. things about the school and where things are and stuff like that. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's talk a little bit about your new teacher evaluation system and, and how you implemented that. When we were talking on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, you said that you will have done 82 observations uh, at your school and you have about 530 students. Um, right. And that is a lot. And you um, talk about what the process is for your evaluations and how you're managing uh, to do that and still get all the other stuff done as a principal that you need to do. Well, I tell you, it's not been easy. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, this is brand new to our state. And uh, I wouldn't say the time aspect is too, well, no, I take that back. The process is similar to what had been done in the past. However, now it's a lot more specific. So I'll first talk that, you know, in past, as some states are, the evaluation process was simply you go and observe you bring the person in, you go over the observation, you fill out an evaluation sheet, and basically you're marking E, S, and N, more or less, maybe even a U there. Or something. So it's a very simple scale, three letters, mm -hmm. a checklist of simple things, maybe, you know, uh, you know, whatever, 15 item list or so, and you just put a letter next to it, they sign it, you move on. Uh, it's, it's a lot different now in that a typical process for someone who's considered probationary, here's what I do now. I do have to go do walkthroughs. I try to do those every day, maybe not through the same class, but definitely every day I'm in classrooms observing. I'm also looking what's going on in the hallways, in the cafeteria, before school, after school, all those things. When it's time to come and do an observation, I schedule that with the probationary teacher. I make my observation. I come back and I fill out an observation form online. Now, this online, it contains 21 indicators. Each indicator then is broken down basically into five areas ranging from each one being observed. So one being very little evidence or none to show that it's being done to five, which would be considered superior, uh, which is, you know, the highest rating that you can get. And I have to do that on all uh, 21 indicators. Only about, oh, what is it, seven to 10 of them are actually observable. The rest of them have to deal with other types of things, whether they deal with uh, assessment type practices or involvement within the school, things that are not observed during an actual lesson. Okay, Once hold I... on just a sec there. Okay. So, uh, so seven uh, to 10 of the items on your rating are observable and the other right. 10 to 11 are not observable, right? Right. So half of your observa half your evaluation is based on observation, the other half is based on non-observable preparation assessment type things, right? And ops correct. So that's where in turn it's incumbent upon the teacher to be able to evidence for it to show that they are doing these other indicators and to what degree they're doing them. So, and mostly for me, what I do is after I've done an observation, I bring the teacher. Uh, I actually take a lot of notes, notes first with them in terms of it's, that to me is more authentic. Mm -hmm. Me saying, okay, we've already pre-conferenced. Now, you. now let's do a post-conference. Let's look, look at the note talk about the lesson. Then we go over the observation form that's done online. And basically, at that point, it's more of a discussion when we do that because 
again, can't see and things that they bring to me to show me that which I could give them credit for. So our observation is not based it's simply on a lesson. What we call it is an observation plus. And mm -hmm. so that contains anything that takes place outside of or inside the classroom, outside the class, take place during an actual lesson that I observe. So I do that. That's one time. I have to do that a total of four times with one probationary teacher. I do four observations and I do two evaluations. And so after every observation, I have to fill out an evaluation form that's based on the same indicators, but that's the official one that I will submit the dish. And so I do a, so basically it's a four by two, as I call it on them. Mm -hmm. And so I have 14 probationary teachers. Oh, wow. So you can see that takes a lot of time to do just for that round. Sure. That I have deadlines on them. There are deadlines on probationary teachers that I have to adhere by. So uh, I'm definitely spend a lot of time with them. Now, with my career teachers, I only have to do two observations and one evaluation. And so I try to get uh, round done before Christmas break, and then I do a round after, and then I do their evaluation. So they they tend to go faster. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, you can kind of see that's the process there. So all in all, it's very, very time consuming. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, it sounds, uh, sounds very time consuming to be sure. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, the first part, at least Jeff is a great principal. You can tell by the way he talks about his teachers and how much he respects them and the great things that they're doing. I've been really impressed with uh, how many of you have downloaded the podcast and are listening to it. I'd love to hear your feedback about what you what you love about the show. Please uh, feel free to send me some feedback. Feel free to tell your friends about it. Go into iTunes and rate it, all that kind of stuff. You can contact me at jethrojones at gmail.com or you can uh, find me on Twitter at jethrojones. I'd love to hear some feedback about what you thought about the show. And also, if you have somebody who you think I should interview, I'd love to hear that as well. I know that there are tons of great transformative principles out there, and I don't want to limit what you hear to my social circle because I know there are so many other people out there. So if you know somebody, please put me in contact with them so that I can interview them and find out what makes them a transformative principle. Next week with Jeff Paul, we'll be talking about what... He thinks you can do to be a transformative principal and we'll find out the things that keep him going and the unique thing in his office. We'll see you next week. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, FlexTime enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. 
Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.